This won't take long. All being equal, I hope he makes it. I really do. End on a good note, right? Get it. In 91, I was nobody, to be honest with you. Nobody knew who John Daly was. I, I can honestly say my, my life changed in four days. Like, and that doesn't happen to too many people. It, it's, it's a miracle. It has now been 30 years since one of the biggest upsets in sports history when an unknown 25-year-old named John Daly showed up at the 1991 PGA Championship literally the night before as the ninth alternate and became an instant icon. Today, as this year's PGA Championship tees off tomorrow, we look back at Daly's miracle victory, a moment whose ultimate legacy is not what happened on the golf course or in front of cameras, but something that's endured more quietly and lives on to this very day. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Wednesday, May 19th. This is ESPN Daily, presented by UKG. Our purpose is people. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bob Herrig, thanks so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Glad to talk golf with you. Bob Herrig covers golf for ESPN. You're a professional golf reporter, Bob, who has been covering the game for over 30 years now. You've covered hundreds of golfers over that time, from Fred Couples to Tiger Woods to Phil Mickelson to Jordan Spieth and on and on. But when you hear the name John Daly, what comes to mind? Well, John Daly is sort of a character all his own. He is not out of the golfer's mold by any stretch of the imagination. He burst onto the PGA scene in August of 91. Long John Daly, they called him. A legend in the making. He was this guy out of nowhere with a mullet, smoking cigarettes while playing golf. <laughs> Country boy from Arkansas. Didn't look the part. Typically hasn't acted the part. I want to know how you prepare for a golf tournament. Ah, well, I um, hit balls maybe 20 minutes, play a little bit, smoke four or five cigarettes, drink three Diet Cokes, and go to the first tee. He wanted to get up there and rip it. Obviously, there's a bit of an appeal to that because uh, that's fun. Grab small children. He's got a driver. Oh, my. I think I know why there's a hole in the ozone now. He hit the ball a mile, and he brought in the average guy. He attracted a new type of fan that I still think we see in golf today. They just are looking for entertainment, and that's what John gave. 
probably to his own detriment sometimes. Frankly, you know, a lot of people sort of associate him with all the missteps in his life. The golf world wanted to know everything about him, and they did, quickly learning of his alleged out-of-control, off-the-course lifestyle. He was a very good player, more so than he was given credit for. All of it sort of overshadowed by this country boy who got himself into trouble and drank too much. I used to drink Jack Daniels. I was drinking a fifth a day for like six months straight when I was 23 years old. Is that part of the maturing process? Yeah. Uh, the only thing I ever drink now is beer. He's just a character. You know, he is today still. So as we sit here today, Bob, the 2021 PGA Championship begins tomorrow, which makes it 30 years now since I think one of the most unlikely, staggering, cinematic, storybook, whatever hyperbolic words you want to use to describe it there, one of the most absurd performances, not just in golf history, but all of sports history ever, John Daly's victory at the 1991 PGA Championship at Crooked Stick Golf Club in Carmel, Indiana. Remind us, if you will, Bob, how this guy with the mullet and the cigarettes and the heavy set physique, how did he even arrive at the tournament in the first place? You can't overstate how unlikely it was. He was 25 years old. He was a rookie on the PGA Tour. He had had middling success. He hadn't earned enough money to qualify for the field. But he was on the alternate list. He was the ninth alternate starting the week. Nobody in their right mind would think the ninth alternate would get in. Maybe it goes down two, three, four spots sometimes. But through all sorts of sets of circumstances, you know, one guy dropped out, then the next guy gets in, then the next guy can't make it in time. The next guy is also hurt. The next guy doesn't want to go. There was a crazy number of things that had to happen including Nick Price, who was an established player at the time, deciding at the last minute not to go because his wife was due with their first child. Well, I called up someone in the tournament office, basically said to them, I said, look, I'm waiting for my wife to give birth, so I think I better withdraw now because I wanted to give someone a chance to go up there and have a practice round. Daly was in Memphis at the time, and he didn't have any thought that he was going to get in. And then all of a sudden on Wednesday, the day before the tournament, it's looking like he's going to make it. So he gets in the car and goes at seven hours and makes it to Indianapolis past midnight. So Daly shows up overnight into Thursday, not having played the course, which is a huge disadvantage, especially for a, a young guy who had only played in two majors to that point. He had played in two U.S. Opens that he had qualified for. I mean, he's probably just happy to be there. So how does he even find a caddy at this point, if these are the circumstances he's working with? Well, Nick Price, when he realized he was going to withdraw, he recommended to Daly that he use his guy, Jeff Squeaky Medlin. He had been there. He was scouting the course thinking Nick was going to play. And so it was a smart move on Daly's part to hire him because I'm sure he had his own caddy. But it wasn't going to do him any good at that point. He wouldn't have gotten there early either. I mean, you know, these guys walk the course, they get the yardages, he can get the lay of the land. And basically, he steered John around that whole week. How do the early rounds go for John Daly? Well, the first day he shot 69, and I, I don't know that he had like a huge presence, 
But I'm sure some people took notice of the fact, hey, this guy who got into the field last shot a pretty good score today. So, you know, he raised some eyebrows. Let's see if he can keep it going. Of course, the second day, he shot 67 and took the lead. To take the lead. John Daly, what a story. An alternate. Now he's not just a golf story, he's a big sports story the PGA Championship, time for the cream to rise to the top, right? For the pretenders to give way to the contenders. Someone forgot to tell that to 25-year-old John Daly, who was a last-minute stand-in, the last alternate in the field, a guy who didn't even have a chance to practice for the tournament, but who is leading the PGA right now. Now this is gaining some momentum. This guy who showed up overnight, crazy hair, smoking cigarettes, hitting the ball a mile, 30 years ago, when somebody hit a drive 300 yards, it's pretty standard today. But when somebody hit one over 300 yards then, that was a big deal. Mm. John was over 300 yards then. We've just got unconfirmed reports that the blimp has been ordered to raise about 1,000 feet to stay away from this guy's drives, so they're well out of the way. And the fact that he was able to control it, hitting it that far, just had everybody stunned. It was like, Nobody's done this. You were there, right? Like you were witnessing all of this in person. You were reporting at the time. What was the gallery's reaction when that guy takes the lead in the field? The galleries just took to him. He became the instant favorite. They were not your typical modest golf clap crowd. There was roars, there were chants, they were yelling at him to rip it, and he got into it. He was sort of fueled by it. And John it out. We'll take the lead at eight under par. I like the way that played. He's Daly, I think, is the first guy that helped that golf audience go beyond sort of that staid, reserved, you know, polite applause. It got raucous out there. It was like a football game. So as the gallery is moving beyond the golf clap and just like hooting and hollering at this point, John Daly, Bob, he shoots three under in the third round to preserve his lead heading into the final round. How did Sunday go for him? I think there was always this sense that he was going to collapse. You're always sitting there thinking he's one disaster away from blowing this, but he never did. Look at the throng around 18. Back on the tee. There is the man of the moment. John Daly. As John Daly, Bob, is walking up to the 18th hole, what's that scene like? I mean, it was delirium. Watch this. I started the first hole on Thursday with this, and I'm going to go just as hard here at the 72nd. There was a huge just outpouring of noise and cheering, and Daly was just soaking it all up. Now listen, the applause won't stop. He was not trying to act like he didn't hear him. Some golfers, and certainly Tiger would be laser-focused. He would act like he doesn't hear it. 
not John. He was loving it. story like one we have never seen before. John Daly, your PGA Championship winner. Congratulations to you, John. Thank you, Jim. Uh, it feels great. I just want to say, I'm a mom and dad. I love them. To Chickasaw and to everybody and these fans, I want it for y'all. It's hard to top for, for its unlikeliness. Guys just don't win majors without having played in them. And he beat everybody. And in spectacular fashion, it's pretty hard to top that. So if you're a golf fan, you know the beats of the story, Bob, that you just told us here. It's been told many times over the years because it feels like a modern-day Paul Bunyan story, this (laughs) folk story, a legend that gets told around campfires. But what you wrote about in an article for ESPN.com this week was about an aspect of that same tournament that I had never heard before. And it centers on something that happened during the first round of that PGA tournament in 1991. It was Thursday. What happened on that day? Yeah, well, in addition to John Daly shooting 69, there was a tragedy that occurred. There's a weather delay. Typically, when there's lightning in the area, they evacuate the course. They told people to get off the course and go to their cars or seek shelter. This gentleman who was there watching the tournament with a couple of friends of his, his name was Tom Weaver, lived in nearby Fishers, Indiana. He was walking to his car to get off the course as they were instructed. And as he was getting to his car and opening the door to get in, he was struck by lightning in the chest and he actually died at the scene. Earlier today here at Crooked Stick Golf Club, a 39-year-old Indiana man was struck and killed by lightning. He was taken from the course by ambulance to a nearby hospital and there declared dead. Unconfirmed reports say the victim was 39-year-old Thomas Weaver of Fishers, Indiana. Only 39 years old, he had a wife named Dee. They had two daughters, Emily, who was 12 at the time, their other daughter, Karen, who was eight. And so it was a fairly big story the first day. But I'll be honest, I think it kind of got lost in the whole daily euphoria. Mm. But yet, obviously, you know, lives were impacted by that. And Daly was aware of that. That something really bad had happened during the course of what was probably the greatest week of his life to that point. All right, coming up, what John Daly did for the family of Thomas Weaver and why it continues to have an impact to this day. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. 
The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, Bob. So we know the 1991 PGA Championship began with a tragedy when a 39-year-old spectator, a fan named Thomas Weaver, got struck by lightning and killed during the first round of the tournament. But as you've just explained, by the final round on Sunday, people had mostly moved on from all of that awful news. It kind of got swept up in the fairy tale of... This unknown 25-year-old named John Daly who comes in and wins out of nowhere. And not only does John Daly come out of nowhere to win one of golf's four major tournaments, he wins the championship purse of $230,000. What does John Daly decide to do with that money? Well, after he gives his caddy probably 10% and pays the government taxes and pays his hotel bill for the week, There might not be as much left as you think, but he decided that he wanted to make a gift to the family of the man who was killed. And he reached out to Dee, the mother, and sent her a check for $30,000 saying that he wanted her to set up a college fund for her two daughters. You were able to speak to the two daughters of Tom Weaver, Bob, Emily and Karen, who were 12 and 8 years old, respectively when their father was killed. Where are they today? Yeah, well, now they're 42 and 38. And uh, Emily, the oldest one, she's married with four kids. She told me a story about having been very thankful. She had just spent a lot of time with her dad recently before that. The last most important memory that I have of my dad was right before he was killed. I was a very self-conscious and insecure teenager, preteen, whatever at at the time. I was not the adventurous type, but we had the opportunity to go go go-kart racing, my dad and I, and I was petrified, to be honest, but was convinced to do so, and we had a great time, and so it was just a special memory. He was able to, you know, kind of impose some life lessons on me there unknowing, of course, that he was going to be gone a week later. You know, you just got accustomed to having him there, and then you would go to ask him a question, and he wasn't. And it was a lot of learning and a lot of growing up that happened really quickly. We struggled with the questions about why my dad, why why did God take him from us? What did Emily remember? Bob, about John Daly's gift to their family at that time. She told me, you know, at the time, I'm 12 years old. I don't understand exactly what's going on. I didn't realize exactly what he had done. I remember hearing about that John was going to make the donation and set up a scholarship within a few days. I remember I was impressed that someone wanted to help us. They had no obligation. You know, we were just a random person that was there. But John was definitely touched and felt like this was a little something he could do. And it wasn't little by any means. It was, you know, it was a big sacrifice on his part. It does seem noticeable and kind of staggering, Bob, that 
This guy in particular, Mr. Ninth Alternate, guy who doesn't really have a golf resume otherwise, that's the guy who decides to do this. I mean, I assume that he didn't have a ton of money otherwise to spare. No, I mean, if anything, he was probably scuffling a little bit. You know, he hadn't made a lot of money that year, played in a lot of tournaments, travel. You know, he's he's trying to make his way at that point. And I'm sure $30,000 was big to him. What did Emily and Karen tell you, Bob, about how that money has helped their family over the years? Emily said she went to Purdue. They, you know, they lived in Indiana. She went to Purdue for two years and then she got married and she ended up going to the College of DuPage near Chicago, where she got a degree in respiratory therapy. Her younger sister, Karen, went to Indiana University. She majored in biology and her goal all along, she told me, you know, I knew that I wanted to be a doctor. I uh, knew I wanted to be a doctor in sixth grade. Becoming a doctor appealed to me because it would allow me to help people in, in difficult times. And I think the tragedy of losing my dad um, played a big part of that. And so after getting her undergraduate degree in biology, she, uh, she actually went to medical school at the American University of the Caribbean, St. Martin. And now she's a, a palliative physician in, in Indianapolis. Both talked about how much that money helped. Karen said that, you know, hers went to covering all of her undergraduate studies. It allowed me to go through undergrad, which allowed me to fulfill my lifelong dream of becoming a physician. It was with his help that I was able to do that. So that has been a very impactful gift, not only for me and my family, but also to the patients and their families that I believe I'm helping. Emily said because she only went to, you know, a big school for two years and then she went to a smaller school, she actually had money left over that she has since invested. And she described it as like a legacy because now she's got four kids and she goes, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to use that for them. The money that we have is, that John had given us is still invested and will be used for our children's education. So this thing has lived on well beyond that time. And uh, they were both, you know, obviously incredibly appreciative. So since that time, Bob, since the 1991 PGA Championship, John Daly has become known for a lot more than just that win. We've been getting a more layered, more troubling portrait, and that's kind of a generous way of putting all of that. How would you describe John Daly's career trajectory? What has he been in the news for since winning the PGA? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of negativity, frankly. He had a domestic violence issue with one of his wives. Daly allegedly trashed his Colorado home while arguing with his wife. He was suspended by the PGA Tour one time for, they, they call it conduct unbecoming. You know, he, he walked off the course mid-round. Media people, sports writers, uh, all say, well, wow, what a character, and we become enablers. He entered alcohol rehab at least once. You know, I knew where I needed to go, and um, I took the time to do it, and, and took a lot of time to do it. He says he will only return to the tour when, quote, his life is in order. 
just tons of ups and downs. I think there was a sense that he, uh, you know, was kind of squandering some talent. How would you describe John Daly's relationship with money? Well, it seems like he's probably lost more than he's won. He had gambling issues. When he lost that playoff to Tiger, this was in 2005 at Harding Park in San Francisco. It was a, called the American Express Invitational, big world golf event. Him and Tiger went to a playoff. And on the first playoff hole, Daly missed like a three-footer for par and lost. Daly's got to make this first. Tiger Woods wins this American Express Championship. He won about $750,000 for finishing second and later said that he went right to Vegas from there and gambled it all away that night. Mm. So he had those kinds of issues. You know, he had big endorsement deals. Some of those were squandered. As he got later into his career, he started selling merchandise he would show up at the Masters every year on Washington Road down the street from Augusta National at a Hooters in a van and sell shirts and hats and, hmm. you know, grip it, rip it stuff. You know, I mean, right. he was doing that to make a living. And so, he, you know, it, it, I, I think to this day it's probably a struggle. I, I don't know that he's financially set So in the three decades since John Daly made that financial gift to the Weavers, has he ever been able to meet this family in person? Yes, as a matter of fact, he did. In 2005, Dee, their mom, she remarried a man named Steve Fisher. And he kind of got to thinking that, you know, Daly should know about what his gift has brought. You know, these girls had grown up to be women and had graduated from college and had done all this stuff. And so he reached out to Golf Digest to see if there was a way that he could get in touch with Daly. And one thing led to another. Fuzzy Zeller, who's from Southern Indiana, you know, they're from Indianapolis, has a charity golf tournament. He told John, why don't you invite them to that? You can meet them here. And that's what they did. We were all nervous. Um, my husband was with me and my sister and then my mom and uh, my stepdad were all there. It was a fun time. We got to meet him and he took his time talking with us and we felt important. He was soft-spoken. He was down to earth. He was kind. He was still kind. He was humorous. It was nice to finally be able to say thank you for the gift that he gave us so so many years prior. And just to say thank you to him um, meant a lot, meant a lot. They met with him for several hours. They reminisced. He, they told him about their dad. They told me, both they told me, he was not put off at all. He wasn't rushed. He genuinely seemed to enjoy our company. You know, the mom went to D, she went, and they, they took some photos. Some of those are in the story that I wrote. 
you know, it was like a really neat time. They, they all walked away from it feeling really good about the situation. So in your reporting of John Daly's generosity towards Emily and Karen Weaver, they seem to be aware of John Daly's checkered past. What did they have to say about him as that goes? I think as they got older, especially when they got to the college age and they realized, you know, the gift, you know, they started to take a little bit notice of his life. They they wanted they were curious. They wanted to know what he had done and it's not that hard to find some of the negatives. And, you know, their attitude was, is I'm not going to let that taint my view of him. I know that John has a, a great heart. We do all make mistakes, every single one of us. Um, we are not perfect people. And I think our true character really is displayed in what we do when people aren't looking. The fact that he, you know, didn't seek any kind of accolades or publicity or anything for the gifts that he gave us speaks volumes about his character. And I would want people to know that he didn't have to do anything. And I didn't have a full appreciation for, you know, for the sacrifice that he really made. I I didn't, I didn't realize that until several years later that it was his first big win. So the fact that he would give such a gift to us when nobody was looking at it, that's a man of integrity. And when he reached out to Daly himself for your story, what did he have to say? Yeah, you know, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get him. Um, he wouldn't sit down with ESPN for a television interview just recapping the 30 years. Uh, for whatever reason, he declined. So I put a few questions, four or five questions in an email. And the next day, Daly had answered those questions via email. And he didn't just give me like two word or one line answers. See, they were very good answers. You could tell that he was very, very touched by their reaction. He seemed genuinely interested again, like, you know what? I need to try to get together with them again. So, and he you know, obviously couldn't believe 30 years have passed. So it's kind of a neat, happy story, all based on, you know, the generosity of a guy who thought to do this at age 25. So looking back on your reporting now, Bob, and having covered John Daly throughout his career and having seen the good and the bad, the happy and the ugly, what does all of it tell you about John Daly as a man in full? I think very simply, you know, Big John has a big heart. You know, he might have grown impatient with the media over the years. He might have gotten frustrated with golf. But he's always appreciated those people that came out to watch him. That's where his fame never got too big because he always had time for them. And this is sort of, you know, a complicated guy with a lot of issues, but, you know, deep down really means well. Bob Herrick, thank you for telling me a story I didn't know about a complicated man. Glad I had the opportunity to do it, Pablo. Thanks very much. A quick postscript. 
This September, John Daly announced that he had bladder cancer, but was receiving treatment. And he will be in the field tomorrow as the 2021 PGA Championship tees off on Kiowa Island, South Carolina, thanks to his lifetime exemption as a past champion. I'm Pablo Torre, and this has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.